वेलकम टू सिंटॉक द सिंटॉकर्स अराउंड द टेबल टुडे डिस्कस द डार्कनेस अराउंड लाइट विल थिंक अबाउट व्हाट वी डू नॉट अंडरस्टैंड अबाउट लाइट इज लाइट अ वेव और अ पार्टिकल अब बोथ और समथिंग एल्स डज दिस क्वेश्चन मैटर does light exist without interaction how does it influence life and is it fundamental to life what is the history of a conceptual understanding of light does darkness have a physical basis what exactly is seeing is there a minimum number of photons required for seeing what happens when a photon meets retinal is the existence of photons always ambiguous and will theories of light ever be definitively known we are pleased and privileged to have three sin talkers with us here today professor dhruv raina he works on the history and philosophy of science and is currently working on ways of studying science in society and the historiography of mathematics he is from gnu in new delhi professor chandrashekhar rai choudhury he has been working on the fundamental nature of light for several decades while using engineering and applied optical science both quantum and classical he is with university of connecticut and professor anil kumar singh He is an organic chemist interested in photochemical and photobiological processes and chemistry of vision. He is from IIT Bombay. So Chandra why don't we set the ball rolling with you with the centuries old question of uh, what is light and clearly after having thought about and and worked on it in over so many decades uh, you might start off at a totally different level which which will go with so what is light what have you come to understand after all these years and does the question of whether it's a wave or particle does that question matter is it material is it fundamental is it um, redundant where where would you come from why don't we start there and we'll see what happens those are questions that you have raised or framed eternal question from the standpoint eternal in the sense that several thousand years when humans became aware hmm. that light is something which is helping them to see and watch hmm. and started with many different theories including some early greeks were thinking that something emanates from our eyes right and then makes things visible the extra mission theory yes right but people realized that since only when at night fire is lit then only they can see things and <laughs> with the fire flame shivering the images or shadows of other objects also shivering so they realize that it's really emission right. of something coming out right okay so that went very well and developed significantly then mm-hmm. i'll jump into much forward newton and huygens mm-hmm. they were contemporary when the huygens was little senior and newton formulated he was a remarkable engineer 
by himself, even though we do not recognize Newton as an engineer because he polished his own lens, made his own uh, telescope and so on. Right. But the interesting thing is that he came to the conclusion in a deep way, he was correct when he used the word corpuscular for light. Right. Corpuscle. Hmm. Whereas Huygens' contemporary, he vehemently underscored that light is wave and in fact it diffractively propagates by spreading out because every point in the space becomes a source of secondary wave. Right. So in a way he already postulated the existence of some universal tension energy in the vacuum without naming it because a secondary source Producing secondary wave automatically implies there is something, but he didn't articulate that quite. Sure. But this debate continued, and of course, given Newton's strength, everybody went for corpuscular. Right. And Dhruv, was this a simple enough transition? I don't know whether it was simple enough because, you know, I mean, in the history of scientific thought, um, there have always been, there has always been a kind of tension between two kinds of accounts, right. which uh, what Needham would call the historian of Chinese sure. science would call the field theoretic account and the corpuscular account. Right. And there's always been a tension in the formulation of physics between these two kinds of accounts. In, so you would put Huygens here, Chandra, under the field? The field, yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, right. Huygens would be in, in, the, sure. in, in the field theoretic account and Newton would be in the corpuscular. And I don't think the matter was settled. But I clearly mean, it didn't start with Newton and Huygens, right? No, no, there I'm was something that before it, that. Yeah, it, it preceded that. It preceded sure. that. And it's a coming and going, you know, endless visions and revisions which go on. Uh, until the 19th century, where suddenly the discussion on light um, is expanded into a larger discussion on radiation. On electromagnetic radiation. Radiation, exactly. Mm. You know, up to the, and then in electromagnetic radi radiation, then when we come to the discussion, the problem is kind of reformulated to now see that, no, light is just one small part of a bigger, what we call, you know, the visible uh, uh, section the of, the light, of, of the light spectrum is just one small portion in this larger spectrum of radiation, right. right? And then quantum mechanics supposedly tries to handle this in its own way. So you have people like Maxwell and others in mind when you talk about... Yeah, so that's the, that's the mid-late mid 19th century. And then we come up in quantum mechanics in the, with the wave-particle duality. Sure. And that's not a kind of resolution, Sure. You know, that's a kind of peaceful coexistence where physics is trying to handle both aspects. All right. And it, but this it, is before photoelectric effect. Yes. No, 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 no the photoelectric effect. That's 1905 or Einstein. Yeah, the, the photoelectric effect presages. Presages that. Yeah. Uh, all right. But Chandra, whatever one says about light, um, you know, the wave particle questions, however valid or invalid they might be, those those same questions hold for electromagnetic radiation in general? Yeah, it holds in the entire spectrum. Sure. Meaning from from long radio wave, short radio gamma, wave, gamma waves all to radio the waves. way to the gamma. Sure. And the gamma is something fascinatingly interesting that we neglect. Mm -hmm. The reason it is fascinatingly important is that gamma rays or radiation mm -hmm. can be converted 
are reversed into electron-positron pair, which are material particles, which supposed to have both charge and mass. Right. So a gamma, when interacting with a nucleus under proper condition, can produce an electron-positron pair. That's because it's, it has sufficiently high energy. High energy, but the interesting the... thing is to note, not just energy balancing. And very, very frequency. The 10 to the power 18, 20 domain frequency hertz. Sure. Okay? But the key thing to pay attention, which is not underscored always, mm-hmm. is that totally massless oscillatory energy mm-hmm. is producing pair of material particles, elect- electron and positron, which also have mass and charges, opposite charges. Right. And that lies at the crux of the unity of matter and wave that is not very well underscored and people don't study very well. Right. And the other aspect is that we know from radio telescope to all the way extra telescope, which are in space now, sure. that diffractive spreading is so common that so-called Huygens-Fresnel diffraction integral based on Huygens postulate secondary wave works remarkably well. But gamma does not tend to be diffractively behaving. But interestingly... Because why is that? Well, that's why interesting thing is that Huygens-Fresnel diffraction integral already has a term before the integral 1 over nu, that is the diffractive spreading is inversely proportional to, to the frequency. So and for radio wave, high and so on and yeah, so on. For radio wave diffracts fast, that's why you have to have gigantic radio telescope. Sure. In the visible telescope could be a little bit smaller. Sure. In X-ray even smaller. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but for gamma, they are very particle-like. Right. As if they are not diffracting. Right. But it is built into the classical Huygens-Fresnel diffraction integral, the divergence, diffractive divergence is inversely proportional to the frequency. That's interesting. But the point I'm trying to raise is that we are neglecting a staggering amount of physics we are not exploring. Mm-hmm. That is why at high frequency, gamma almost don't diffract. There's new physics there that we are not paying We'll, we'll come back to that, Chandra. Okay. I think that's a beautiful question. If we, if we go to biological processes, um, Anil, and we'll get to the vision question a little later, um, is this question significant or important at all? Or you can go ahead and do all your chemistry without really bothering whether it's wave or particle. And for example, if we bring up the notion of retinal, the beautiful compound, which we'll hopefully talk about a little bit more as we go along, um, for all practical purposes and theoretical purposes, uh, is, is, is light a photon there? Well, for us, I think uh, quantum mechanics provides uh, whatever is necessary. Mm-hmm. And we are happy with the quantum mechanical treatment of light. Mm-hmm. See, for physicists, uh, light means the entire electromagnetic radiation. Sure. But for photobiologists and photochemists, it's limited to UV, visual, and uh, maybe near-infrared. Sure. So at best, it is the close cousins of the vis- visible spectrum. They are all spectrum cousins, of course. Of I mean, course. The entire electromagnetic radiation, I mean, sure. uh, visual light. Light has many cousins. Sure. <laughs> Only frequencies change. <laughs> sure. So for us, I think uh, the quantum mechanical treatment uh, is good enough. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think I'll just go back to the duality theory that bothers us. That is still bothers us as a chemist. Why? I mean, see, I, I will not say that whatever we understand today is the end of uh, story. Maybe something else is there. So maybe if some new theory comes up. So what do you don't understand about light, Anil? Pardon? What do you don't understand about light as a chemist? 
that's what is in the beginning we understand the process let's say whatever process takes place with the help of light we understand that at a molecular level sure but i think physics goes beyond molecules it goes at atomic level sure so that understanding perhaps is also necessary so for molecular understanding whatever you understand about light is good no problem but beyond that i think we one can say that as a chemist i'm not bothered about it but perhaps i don't agree with that how large is a retinal compound it's a very low molecular weight compound mm-hmm. i mean relatively low it has about 15 carbon atoms one oxygen correct and a few hydrogens so it's not a very big molecule it's a low molecular weight compound and why is retinal so special it absorbs light i mean it absorbs the photon without that we can't have the vision we but can't are there, have the, clearly uh, and there other compounds that absorb light as well they do mm-hmm. but uh, see retinal is capable of absorbing the light that comes from the sun for vision purpose but anil could i just ask a question yeah. so uh, when you're when you're trying to understand seeing then i mean you are going along with the conception of light as received That's in right. the form of photons right? that's what i said in the beginning yes yeah. and so that process of seeing and that's a that's a beautiful interjection there so the retinal is always involved in the process of seeing that's right retinal is attached to a protein mm-hmm. see the conjugate of retinal and protein mm-hmm. put together mm-hmm. forms the photoreceptor and it's irrespective of the nature of the life form so whether it's human beings or no, a snake see uh-huh. retinal comes in different forms okay like the human vision there is one form of retinal but let's say if you go to some other organism sure there may be slight change in the structure sure and that is only to ensure that the right kind of light is absorbed by the retinal but th- these are st- what what kind of change is there so is it the same compound let's it's the same compound maybe an additional double bond we call in chemistry carbon carbon double bond sure so let's say uh, human rhodopsin or vertebrate rhodopsin which are there in the rod cells uh, rod cells and cone sure. cells both sure we have let's say four double bonds in the chain mm-hmm. maybe in some organisms we have an additional double bond in the ring right so there is one more double bond and only to shift the wavelength in the desired uh, zone of the electromagnetic radiation right and is the notion of wavelength uh, consistent with the notion of saying that it captures a photon yeah, it does no my my question is is it consistent yeah, it is it is it is it is yeah, it is yeah okay because it depends on the energy I just like to add one small thing a little a little caveat to what Chandra said right that in this timeline Chandra plotted from from the ancient Greeks to Huygens and Newton he skipped between, the Arabs in between comes Alhazen and and when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to seeing when you move away from this theory that light is something that impinges upon the eye Alhazen is the first person to say no that the process of seeing involves something else and it is the brain for the first time he brings in the brain as a as processing right vision itself yes in right. fact i'll pick up on your alhazen yeah he was one of the most remarkable physicist of the arab world and i'll tell you something that western world does not recognize He was the first one serious physicist but also underscored in his book to say that whatever light is I still don't understand which is the same state of today <laughs> okay but by the way I run now 10 years plus nature of light water photons a BNL conference on the nature of light so 
I can professionally say that we still don't understand. You and why. your colleagues are broadly in the same place as well, Alas and was. You just don't understand it in a better way, maybe. Yes, the, but the thing is that he did a remarkably beautiful experiment, which is he took a pinhole camera, camera obscura, okay, at night. Camera obscura, of course. And put a an array of candle at night, and looked on a silk screen the image through the camera oscura and look the all the candles the flames are inverted yes and the orientation also inverted right and then he uh, abstracted and unobstructed different candles while watching carefully any change on the images right he couldn't find any change in the images while he's playing with different candles and that he concluded Whatever light is, I don't understand, but for sure, light cannot be interacting with each other, okay? Mm. Because going through one pinhole and in a crossing order. Mm. That understanding was remarkably important, but for last 200 years. But even Huygens had a similar insight. Yes, yes, I'll right. come. Sure. Then several, the, the Alazin is about... 1080, 1090, okay? Roughly that time. So just about a little about a thousand years ago. So right. he knew non-interaction of wave, what I have <laughs> underscored in my book. Sure. Okay, then I found out the Huygens book of 1678 or so right. got published and freely available on the web. And a couple of years ago, I was able to download that. And there I see within his first Does chapter- Does Huygens refer to Alhazen? Uh, no. No, he does not, not at least in the book. Sure. But he's clearly saying that the secondary wavelets mm. expands and co-propagates, cross-propagates through each other and evolve, but they don't interact with each other. Mm. And mm. then came, that is 1678 or something, okay? Then you jump forward to Planck, right. 1900, right. 1901. Right. His discovery of the Planck's radiation law, where he's really the father of quantum mechanics. Right. Well, not quant the quantum concept. Right. That light is definitely energy exchange as packets. Right. And I was able to again download a free book from the ebook publication from the web of 1913, when he's sufficiently convinced and matured of his theory and it is uniformly accepted. In that book, he clearly again underscores that within the black body cavity, the surface molecules are emitting radiation in packets of energy, but they evolve as wave packet diffractively spreading like Huygens said. Right. And unless they were able to go through each other within the cavity without interacting with each other, the black body radiation could not have been thermalized. Mm. Hmm. And that is also neglected remarkably, I don't know why, by all quantum physicists. Hmm. Okay? I think so, coming, yes. sorry, uh, coming back to that point, uh, Dhruv raised uh, seeing the light and the role <laughs> of brain. Yeah. Uh, the role of brain is very important, but it comes after photoreception, isn't it? Yeah. Of course. Sure, sure, sure. So, so what you and see. And photoreception is see. primarily a macular phenomenon, right? It's happening in the eye. It's happening in the eye, in, in the, the retina. Sure. I mean, the retina. Then it goes as the electrical light, signal. Uh, light enters. Right. 
and impinges on the retina. Right. And we have the photoreceptor cells. Yeah. And then very complicated chemistry takes place, biochemistry takes place, and that goes to the brain. So, so one could be blind by either the... So the, the the optic nerve could be faulty and your eye could be all right and you could be blind. Even yes, 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 why not? I mean, optic nerve could be faulty. Retina itself could be faulty. Sure. You may have less number of photoreceptor cells. So all kinds of... And Anil, just happen. changing the track a little bit, are there living organisms that don't really have something which is the equivalent function of visual oh, yes. perception, but they still do a very, very lot with light? Point. That's right. See, let's say bacteria, microorganisms. Hmm. Uh, there is a bacteria called Helobacterium selenarium, mm -hmm. which thrives in you know very high salt concentration. Sure, uh, salt pans, and uh, these bacteria have uh, almost same protein, same molecule, retinal and the protein together, and they absorb photons. Almost same as the human retinal. Almost same, yeah. And with regard to the chromophoric structure sure. and the protein structure, very very similar. Sure. And they absorb the light. But they don't have eyes, therefore they can't have vision. So clearly they're not seeing. They don't see the light, but they use the light for some other purpose, like producing the energy, ATP, adenosine triphosphate. We, as a human being, we get ATP by oxidative phosphorylation. Sure. But they get ATP through this photophosphorylation. Sure. So photon helps them to survive. So it's their way of absorbing energy from the That's environment. Right. And there are many other organisms. I mean, almost uh, 300, more than 300 organisms have been discovered till date. And they have the same protein in different uh, for different functions. And are there some organisms... Nature is very economical. And are there some organisms there, Anil, which see wavelengths which are very different from ours? Clearly? That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But, but there are no organisms that are seeing radio waves or gamma waves. Oh, no, right? no. I mean, not to our knowledge not so far. Hmm. But uh, I believe that maybe deep ocean, let's say a few hundred meters, uh, there is no visible light. But still, they have some vision. There are organisms, they have vision. So Then they have eyes. Uh, they have eyes, uh, naturally. Yeah. Hmm. So... Whether the same protein is capable of absorbing even light which is shorter wavelength, maybe in the UV region, perhaps it's a possibility. So right. the question of light in a way is a very anthropocentric question. Yeah, it is. It? Evolutionary, yes. yeah. I mean, in biological terms, we Evolution. should be talking what is the nature of radiation and not what is the nature of light. Isn't, That's that, isn't, that, isn't that the question we should be So that is why in the beginning I said light for <laughs> chemist and light for physicist. Both of us have different <laughs> connotations. <laughs> yeah. No, for me, light yeah. is limited to, let's say, uh, 200, 300 to 700. And for you, I think, right from radio to... You mean nanometers? Nanometer, yeah. Sure. See, right there, let me, Anil, since you have this biochemistry of vision, is you want to, is the retinal molecule, the light absorption, visible light absorption, that the transition that is happening is an electronic transition in femtoseconds. Absolutely right. But, but our visual response time is more like tenth of a second. Very good. So how does our biological evolution have managed this femtosecond response, which means that if it were true, then with all sorts of light and heterodyne, our vision would have been totally but jammed But when up. you say response See, time, you mean the musculoskeletal response, No, right? no, 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 no. The, the, the visual the brain, brain. Even the neural response. Visual time. neural response. Happens in seconds and milliseconds. So how do you achieve that? You see, this process of vision is not just, uh, you know, photoreceptor absorbing the light and then suddenly we have the vision. See, it's a very complex process. Sure. Photoreception, right? 
mm-hmm. then the, uh, the 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 light energy gets translated into electrical uh, electrical energy, energy yes. and that goes to synapses right and then it goes to brain so this photoreception and the change that occurs because of photon takes place in about 100 frame per second yeah but after that there's a dark cycle or the dark process and the dark process takes some time and uh, how how what 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 is that in terms of order of magnitude the uh, let's say i would say milliseconds or sure so it's dramatically more than femtoseconds that's so oh, what of it, course what it implies so that, that is be- correlating with the response time yeah, that's, that's right. right so you're saying that because of the delay process intermediate after the photoreception and femtosecond response because of the chemical processes we are fortunate enough to enjoy the Absolutely movies right. <laughs> yes, otherwise you would not have been able the, to enjoy movies it'll be like jerky slide shows <laughs> the photo process which is electronic excitation is very yes. fast yes but if everything that happens in vision takes place with the same uh, in the same time uh, domain or scale it is very very difficult yes see conformational changes in the molecule or in the protein or in other parts of the entire visual system all of them are not electronic mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they are not they are vibrational also mm-hmm. right and therefore time is needed right now that's beautiful that's beautiful dhruv if we just kind of think of some of this as a little bit of a paradigm to ask the slightly more general question that even after all these years and chandra was talking about how we may still have questions which are not very different from the kind of question that alazan or aigens may have been grappling with why is it that let's say the wave theory or the particle theory has not been totally debunked and thrown away and they both seem to have some merits and are theories overthrown at all and what what's what's happening here and why are You know I don't know if I can give you you know both. I don't you know I mean it's not something I followed up very closely so I don't think I can give you an answer on just the wave particle uh, okay. duality but as a student of the of the history and philosophy of science I mean uh, we know now not just for science but even in the realm of of mathematics if you take a kind of historical view that um, things are never thrown out forever you know that ideas have a way of coming back but when they come back they come back at a different level so there's this you know beautiful what do you mean by level uh, yeah okay so i'm coming to that that uh, um this is beautiful uh image in the writing of the french philosopher of science gaston bachelard he says well you know you're at a particular point in the history of a discipline mm-hmm. and the discipline is organized in a particular way Mm-hmm. and then 100 years down down the line later you come back and you look at it and it's reorganized differently right so when you are talking of alhazen's theory or you're talking of huygens theory and what you're talking about the wave particle duality or the tension say in the 19th century you are at different points in knowledge it's not the same point right so as, as the philosopher of science lacatos would say that you know okay so theories have a tendency to be shelved shelved all right at a particular time a theory is shelved it goes on to a shelf it's never thrown out right and then <laughs> an idea can come back at another but it's not it's not the same idea because when you pick it up after 200 years uh, you're reading something new into it right your own understanding has changed right and so you're picking it up in a new way Right. All right. right. So, right. so if Chandra had picked up the same yeah. book of Alazan, yeah, let me yeah, pick up from you there. You are reading, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, see the interesting thing is that during Huygens and Newton, where I left off, hmm. 
these gentlemen recognize that this sense of duality is our ignorance. They clearly recognize that, both. Both of them. Yes. That I am not sure about <laughs> exactly what light is. Right. Newton also realized, not sure what it is. Both had some perception about it, and both are profoundly correct. Okay? And I'll explain why Newton was correct, even though corpuscular held on for a century, and then in 1800, 1801 or 1802, Young made so-called double slit experiment, experiment where yeah. superposition came. And about 1817, Fresnel gave the mathematical formalism right. of Huygens. Right. Then the superposition and wave theory took over, and there was an enormous development in optical science and engineering for 100 years right. until Einstein slowed it down again. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but but what, wave what I, theory was the theory then. No, but, what I mean is very very important to recognize something, and Dhruv, you would be able to appreciate more. Right, is this that Huygens and Newton understood that they perceived a portion of nature correctly, and I'll explain why Newton was corpuscular correct, but they perceived and acknowledged and understood that this duality, wave-particle duality, is their ignorance. Unfortunately, I'm jumping now, after 1905, Einstein's uh, indivisible quanta, and then it lived off and everybody became uh, indivisible photon concept. Photons. Okay? Mm. And they made it as if duality is the final knowledge. Today, 99% physicists have the tendency as if duality is a new knowledge. That is the tragedy of science, okay? Because it, it took away the inquiring minds of generations of people. Sure. Anil, okay. you had something well, yeah, to say? Just, uh, I was trying to put a point to you. I mean, why we always think in terms of duality? Why not multi, multi? I mean, maybe it behaves in many ways. Just yes. like, you know, many ways. Let me pick up there. And the other day I was talking to you, if you remember. Right. Uh, can we not question the very existence of this? Yes. Well, Like, you know, uh, you say it is behaving like a particle, then it behaves like a wave. But this is all based on observations made. Yes. Something hits, something impinges, and we see some observations, some effect, and we say... It exists either in particle form or in wave yeah. form. So let me explain. But can so you're saying it has to do with the nature of the detector. Yes. Exactly. Yes. It has to do with the nature so of can the detector. It in many ways, multi ways. Yes. In fact, I say like Maya, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Maya, Brahma, so I think you're Maybe getting very excited. perhaps can from uh, Anil's uh, let me shed light on this. No, but since yes. for a physicist, I'm sorry, I mean, no, for a physicist. I think this point is very, very important. See, as a chemist, I said in the beginning that for me, quantum mechanics has given me what I need. Right. But uh, Formalism. Really, huh? Formalism. Formalism. But I'm not really very satisfied. Yes. And I think as a physicist, you should help us. Okay. So that's what I'm saying, that the you raised a very good point by phrasing, by phrasing multiplicity rather than duality. Okay. And I'll explain why what you just said overall, besides my, is critically important. Let's take again, as, if, as you said also, physicists think entire range. The detectors for radio wave, when we do not 
understand the existence of anything, whether it is a wave or particle, until a sensor undergoes a physical right. transformation. That's what I was referring to. Right. And that transformation becomes our signal, but it's the experience of the detector and it's undergoing a physical transformation which creates the data point. Right. What is missing, especially quantum mechanics and their interpretation, they don't want to go into the processes which chemists Might. deeply enter, right. deeply want, right. which is important. That's why many times say that if you want to understand quantum mechanics, study with a physical chemist, chemist. not a theoretical chemical physicist. Scientist. Chemical scientist. Chemical sure. scientist rather than a physicist. Okay. So now let me underscore further Anil's point, which is so important and beautiful, is that radio wave detector is a LCR circuit. Purely classical, continuously absorbs an energy. Right. But it also has resonance depending upon LCR resonance. Sure. All right. So frequency plays role. That's why we can tune our radio. Then you come to, say, deep infrared, rotational, vibrational of your molecules. Right. They will be able to. But that response is now quantum mechanical transition because those are discrete quantum binding and the dipolar resonance. Sorry, they, but here you are assuming that it's in form of energy packets. No, no, no. I'm not assuming that. It I'll is. explain later. Okay. <laughs> I'll explain later. There is a resonance. There is a dipolar resonance frequency new, and it has the capability and the need to absorb a quantum cup full of energy or un undo or pour out a quantum cup full of energy. But that does not mean so that light itself is. So now let me finish the train of the whole range of detectors. In the infrared to UV, sure. we have the detectors are essentially atoms and molecules. Sure. Rotation, vibration, and electronic sure. level. Then as we come to X-ray, it is the inner shells of the atoms which are, can respond to. Then when we come to gamma, only the nuclear Nucleus and energy levels, again quantized, can respond to. Sure. So each detector has own unique characteristics and they give different way of generating data. So until we start recording side by side all these behavior of same electromagnetic radiation and then try to enforce conceptual continuity about the EM waves out of many different detectors behave a different way, we would not find unity or the common deeper That's understanding. That's understood, Chandra. I think so we understand it that. it makes you to see what you want to see. Yes. Am I right? Fundamentally, that is absolutely correct. correct. But we need to now bring uh, uniformity instead of duality out of multiplicity we find the common truth out of it. So Chandra, yeah. what, what, what yes. is photon? What a photon to me is literally what Planck said in is, his is book. Is photon an elementary particle? No. To, for me, not at all. It's a boson, right? It, boson is actually elementary particle. Sure. Okay. Boson is variety of particles of integral spin from the particle physics terminology. Sure. Uh, although it started with light and boson integral spin. So it implies quantized. But I will I'll express... So does a Planck's photon opinion. exist independently? 
I know you don't I seem understand. to agree that I a understand. photon exists at all, but no, well, I just that's like why. To, I, I just like to let, add let one me more finish the okay, finish okay. the first answer. That what is it? Okay, I'll answer with Planck's vision, who originally gave birth to the idea quantized. That is, during the transition or absorption, these quantum devices can pour out a quantum cup full of energy, or fill up its quantum cup a cup full of energy. But the electromagnetic radiation is always wave packets propagating and diffracting. So, so when, are there different kinds of photons? No, there's no right. So there is. We do not know enough to be because that's a, when you. That's why I'm going into more Planck's vision. So this electromagnetic cup full of uh, energy that you're talking about is like, the cup size the same? No, not cup size is different for different atoms, molecules, etc. Sure. That cup size. And that's why quantum formalism is correct. H nu is the size of the cup, but nu Depends varies. on the frequency and so on. Yeah, nu the varies for different. That it contains. Of course, of course. The nu varies for different binding energy or dipolar frequency, resonance frequency. And when Newton spoke about corpuscular theory, is the corpuscle the same as a okay. photon, I would imagine? Uh, there's different bodies. I mean, was it the same anticipation, Drove? No. Corpuscular of Newton comes, again, a profound understanding, even though he turned out to be wrong from the corpus. Remember, he was the master of so-called classical particle physics. Sure. But he did not use to describe light as particle, corpuscular, particle-like. Sure. Because by his time, Bunsen flame and putting sodium salt, calcium salt, and looking at the color, sure. so-called semi-monochromatic light, sure. was already there. Sure. So Newton, that master we, of we get that, energy conservation, he realized that whatever is coming out from this flame due to this salt element is from discrete atoms or molecules. Sure. So they cannot be continuous. So light has to be a discrete packet. So it is corpuscular particle-like. Sure, sure. Whereas Huygens said that propagates as wave. Sure. So both were profoundly correct. Sure. You had a point. Uh, no, I was just, you know, I mean, coming back to a point Anil was also making, and it, it, it's come up in what uh, Chandra has been saying, that I don't know whether we can make a, whether you could make an ontological kind of claim that this is... Light. This is the nature of light. All right? Why can't no, we? No, what you could say is that experimentally this is the way it manifests itself. All right? In the sense that, well, I take the two-slit experiment and lo and behold, I, I shoot out some photons. This one travels through that one, that one, okay. It goes out through the... What I get on the screen is a, is a wave pattern. But 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 then what are experiments for, Dhruv? I mean yeah. that I mean that argument See, can be made for all links of experiments in theory, isn't it? Uh, no, I I agree with that. But I mean, what happens when you when you are confronted with with uh, a a duality? I mean, depending upon the nature of the experiment, you are seeing different things. I mean, you know, and when you have to go back and and, and interpret it, you have to use a device like the collapse of the wave packet. All right? The collapse of the wave packet comes because of the assumption that light is indivisible quanta. 
But once you recognize the high, um, the Planck's quantum cup concept, then you don't need entanglement and all those interpretation. So the nature of retinal, Anil, mm-hmm. does in no way tell us what the nature of light is. Because you would say that retinal just really. happens to be a certain kind of photoreceptor. That's right. And whatever it might tell you about light tells more about the nature of the photoreceptor rather than the nature of light. Light, that's true. That is where you would stand out. I mean, whatever comes in whatever form, retinal just absorbs it. Sure. And then... <laughs> And then then, um, gives you the effect, uh, whatever it does. See, that's why I'm saying that LCR oscillator radio wave. Sure. It does not give us a sense of quantum. But from deep infrared, okay, they are quantum. Sorry, at a point when you made, you see, for a chemist or a photobiologist, I mean, uh, we go back to, you know, Stark-Einstein formula. Stark-Einstein law. Right, like... Absorption of a photon. Right, so unless the photon is absorbed by the... That's the primary action. That's the primary action. Unless it is absorbed, you will not have any effect. Whether it is in form of particle or wave or multi um, other forms. Are there, are there, are there, I won't call it photobiological because that presupposes the the role of the photon. Are there biological processes that are explained or understood with light being a wave? We really don't worry about that too much. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) As long as the delta A actually... Let me paraphrase O'Neill a little bit more. There's, we don't see light. That's right. We see the effects <laughs> the of light. light or the physical transformation induced Does by light. Does darkness have a physical basis? Maybe he can tell you. <laughs> darkness is our perception. perception. So there's nothing ontological I, about can, darkness. I mean, can I say something since please. you said... You see, uh, in addition to the rods and cones in our retina, please. we also have photoreceptive ganglion cells. Yeah. Now, these cells are not involved in sight or vision. But they're linked to the brain, right? They're linked to the brain. And they know like uh, people, uh, reflexes, for example. Correct. Circadian uh, cycles and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, that is an example of something happening in dark. (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) that's a stretch. (laughs) I'm stretching. So, you should explain to us. Okay. Uh, Let me put it this way. Imagine that you are an astronaut. Okay. Mm -hmm. You are an astronaut and you're going out in space. As you look through the window and you pass the atmosphere completely cleared up, the whole universe is dark. Okay? The the darkness is not physical. It's It's biological. It has to do with the nature of the astronaut's eye. Light is physical because it's some form of energy which hits the retina or other detector and produces a physical effect. And that's how we see light or measure light or my radio uh, will pick up. But darkness is, that is the universe. Nothing is there. It's the energy less. For me, actually, it is... Maybe very low energy or something For me, it depends on how to define darkness. Yeah. For example, the sensitivity of the photoreceptor. Yeah. I mean, uh, no. Uh, even a single photon can be perceived. Can it be? Is yeah, it there is be. there a minimum number of photons required? But that doesn't for... mean that we'll have vision. That's fine. It can yes. be received. So, uh, it can be so captured. As long as that energy, the packet comes, the photon comes and gets absorbed, it will have. It is being perceived. It is being received. So, how many photons are required to have the vision perception? Right? Because only that you say whether it is darker otherwise. 
isn't it you go to a dark room so, so called dark so room so unless if i were blind if i were blind from birth i don't experience visual perception does light still do something to me it does like I, i mean if it gets absorbed in your body somewhere the circadian cycle circadian that you mentioned is still there is still there so how does the circadian cycle work it goes through the body. skin the eye through the body yes i mean so far we don't know the answer i mean we don't have the answer we don't know how it actually enter see pineal gland for example deep in the brain mm. we don't know how it actually goes there but there are mechanisms which phys- physicists and chemists have worked out like energy migration like does a blind person need vitamin a I think he may not require for vision but he may require definitely for his uh, other functions absolutely for right. physiology for muscle growth or for vitamin A is important right well you look at this way to point again uh, Anil's point that other way light is impacting uh in my backyard every year I see the deers are changing color season out season off right. during summer bright color during winter dark color right so their body cells no clearly know the temperature and the light right so they are changing the color right so that's clearly light sensitive biological behavior without eyes it's not necessary that light will influence you only when you have vision or eyes or something of that yeah, sort yeah. there are many other ways of light you impacting or impacting the impacting the uh, living systems there are many ways right 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 do, do you feel drove uh, that the nature of light question is a resolvable question in the very long run resolvable i don't know see uh, i'd i'd go back to this the Please. question you asked you know that about the question about um uh yeah you know whether we can make any ontological claims or will you do an experiment to make an ontological claim right and this link between theory and experiment experiment yeah so now what happens is for example i mean uh at one level Einstein was seeking to make a was expecting quantum mechanics to make a ontological claim that was his expectation of the theory and what the Copenhagen interpretation was constantly saying was it was making an instrumental an instrumentalist claim that this is what the experimental data say all right and these are our predictions and that's about all we can say they right. were not pressing too too much towards the ontological claim and that's the kind of dividing line between what you might call a realist interpretation of and a positivist and a, and an instrumentalist position instrumentalist. of 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 quantum mechanics right so there's a different expectation of theory and in science we are always making these choices about what we expect of a theory All right so the question of light itself or the question of i i would say the more fundamental question the nature of radiation itself is uh, something which is also then shaped by what we expect what are expectations of a theory so this can be said about all physical theories it could be said about some on some there's closure and on some there's no closure on some on some issues there is closure right and the na- and the reason though why light is or electromagnetic waves or radiation is particularly problematic is because it's because well i mean in your in in different i mean when you do experiments to to or you make certain measurements they manifest themselves it it manifests itself in various ways right so you require a kind of uh perspectivism an ontological perspectivism yes yeah, well, so, dhruva there my point is that copenhagen interpretation 
in my viewpoint, has stagnated the physics open thinking. That, that is, it is true that any experiment, the data it gives, we do not have any instrument that has 100% fidelity. So instrument itself is a bottleneck of gathering information about nature. And that's why it comes human imagination. So Copenhagen interpreter says, since you cannot get all the information out of an instrument, so you just remain stuck with mathematics and the data. They completely are ignoring that our brain will evolve and instrumentation will evolve and we will be able to get into deeper issues of understanding. And, yeah. yeah and that is the point going on for 100 years. <laughs> hundred years, we get stuck by the Copenhagen interpretation. So, Chandra, where do you expect a breakthrough to lie? Well, the thing is that I'll tell this way, that since light can travel, entire galaxy, I mean, the space. Sure. So, to me, it is definitely a tension field, just like surface tension on a water surface on pond, web generated here can propagate perpetually all the way. Same way in space, light is propagating. Or in other words, the old ether concept, not only not dead, will come back very strongly. What I have postulated as complex tension field will come. But in future, I also see that global warming is a very nice uh, pushing, uh, making us aware that we'll have to eventually leave Earth because solar <laughs> warming is coming in a billion years. Sure. But we need rocket which can take us very, very far. So, but so, the tension field has all the energy we need of the universe. We don't need dark energy, etc. So we'll invent uh, through the understanding of light how to exploit this to tension field and surf the tension field wave into distant stars. Yeah, no, that's that's beautiful. But electromagnetic uh, force is just one of the four forces. Uh, so is that an equivalent of your complex tension field for gravitational force? Well, everything emerges out of that tension field. So the complex tension field is not just for electromagnetic uh, everything, force. Everything, because... As I mentioned in the very beginning, <laughs> that very high energy frequency, the gamma ray, they can become electron-positron pair with mass and charges. Sure. So in other words, the complex tension field, in fact, that's why I use the word so. complex. Yeah. It has many other properties that we still don't know, which is giving rise to positive electron, negative electron, and the particles are self-loop vortices of the same tension field. Sure, sure. So sure. there no, is no that. need to differentiate. They're unified. One is linearly propagating, other is uh, donut-like self-loop oscillation. You made a point a while ago about thermalization. Um, and Anil, if I were to pose the heat versus light question to you, um, how are they different? Um, of course, one understands it at an intuitive level, um, but if one were to ask the photochemist in you, the photobiologist in you, um, how is heat different? Yeah, I see both are energy, but the way they propagate and the mm -hmm. way they behave on the molecules is a different one. Mm -hmm. Like heat, normally we you know, uh, understand in terms of the one which flows heat is in the system. Right. It's internal energy. Heat is internal energy. That's right, yeah. Right. And the photon is a wave packet and it travels the way uh, Chandra was explaining. Uh, photons are capable of bringing about, let's say, electronic excitation mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the molecules. 
if they are absorbed then there will be electronic excitation heat normally usually brings about only vibrational excitation it doesn't bring about electronic excitation so when you say vibrational do you also mean it at microscopic level microscopic level you no know, in the in the molecules you know there are bonds we call it but they are quantum and they are of quantum course quantized they are quantized quantum levels level 1 level 2 level 3 level 4 and uh, uh, certain processes are uh, of course you know that they occur when heat is provided certain process can occur when light is provided so both vibrational as well as electronic excitations they can cause changes in the molecules luminescence is one example for example bioluminescence for example is, a, is something which uh, normally initiates with the heat hmm. but ultimately the energy comes out in form of light light so that right. is heat becoming light heat becoming light right 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 so and you know thermo- thermodynamically no one can explain what heat is and how no something which is without work and uh, transformation etc of course of course and if we go back to the question that we were on a while ago is there a way to know what other animals see yes what like, other uh, animals see is is there a way of almost replicating their feed vertebrates vertebrates for example so but, but they are i would imagine more or less similar. in our in our similar wavelength That's zone right, yeah. or whatever but uh, see as long as there is an eye it will have similar uh, visual uh, process all the bc in the deeper but the the shape UV. of the eye the organization of the eye may be different like compound eye in the insect flies and insects but yeah. the basic chemistry the basic biology that happens is more or less same yeah i understand that i think the question is more at the visual perception level whatever the bc is and they may be perceiving the ultraviolet rays so clearly they see they would see this room differently is there a way of replicating that i'm oh, not suggesting we can see it with the human eye is there a way of us either looking it up on a computer screen well, and saying that you know this is what the bee is seeing is there a way of doing that and I maybe i really don't think so well you know uh, we don't know no, what for example exactly a child what, sees uh, we don't do we know what that? a child sees you know a child who is less than 4 months old or something i don't know when but sure. a child doesn't see you, you that know, the, the, the way i see you or we see yeah you don't see it at a distance yeah and so i don't but think we know, can even uh, know what the child well, sees indirect experiment is taking place because our detector technology is advancing so now we have detectors for x-ray uv visible infrared okay even though the detectors intrinsically are quantized but, but, but it's one thing to detect it's another to perceive no see, i understand see. i understand simulation so simulation. they are finding out see good old time i think it was alazen again took the fresh cow's eyeball look from yeah, behind and saw that. the image in the cow's eyeball after taken out image is inverted So he was the first one doing experiment realized that eye makes inverted image but brain makes is right side up right as you are mentioning through so unless unless we go to the brain level mm-hmm. i think what we were asking that's a great not, point that's right. that the brain has to come exactly mm-hmm. so there is the reception and then there is some kind of a conversion of energy and right. then yeah right brain does the rest but of the thing but there is a simulation yes simulation is this just like we create all possible colors on computer or video screen using only red blue green distribution of int- intensity same way if we put on uv sensor screen 
and allow UV light to fall, illuminate some object, then the image that camera, UV-sensitive camera, will produce will be closely similar, somewhat similar to what bees will see. I think, Chandra, these two are different questions. I think what, is, what he, was he referring to? Yes. Can we find out what exactly we see? See, what you are saying is, already is happening. We call it synthetic eye, for example. Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, one can have an artificial retina, yeah. implant it, yeah. and then you can have uh, you know, neural devices by microelectronics and provide visual perception. That's one thing. But exactly understanding what we see or what brain sees and how does it see, I think it's not really... Corresponding no. to Today, the image, is there a unique form? Can you map on a unique form well, in that's the not, eye? That no. may not be... That's why Ronil is correct. The neural interpretation is different. In fact, we are all color blinds to some extent or other, yeah. even though we have functional <laughs> eyes. That's because our neural network interprets differently. That's why I use the phrase, we can simulate somewhat right. what they might be seeing. But in fact... If we look at a beautiful picture of Degas or somebody, everybody's interpreting the color variation yeah. differently. Mm. Yeah. But we cannot figure out who is seeing exactly what, what? difference. Yeah. Because no, it's interpretation. Absolutely. Why don't we spend the last five minutes just thinking about, is light fundamental to life? For sure. Of course, on planet Earth it is. Of course, for us it no, is. No, no, no. I mean, functionally. But I, I mean it at the level of the universe. Is, See, is it likely uh, that... Our scriptures, it's a mention. Nunam jana surayani prasuta. What does that mean? Right? Eric Veda. I think it must be. Well, but let's come back to the biology. Mm-hmm. You can tell more than that, that without the light, the first considered the food chain in the biosystem. It starts with photosynthesis. Fundamental. That the food is chain. our life forms. The fun life forms that we are familiar with on Earth. I understand. Now, whatever life is, some kind of an adaptive system which interacts with the environment and if I put this way, takes birth and dies or something. Whatever. If you understand uh, the life the way it is today, light is important. Light is necessary. Essential. Sure. Essential. Yeah. At least the biological life that we have been experiencing on Earth, it cannot be sustained without sunlight. Right. Period. Electromagnetic radiation? Yeah, in a broad sense. That's so is, broad is it likely inf- that there are life forms that exist outside of the visible spectrum where we operate? Totally outside. That's a very Probable. Non-overlapping point. area. Probable. Non-overlapping area. Probable is all you very can important say. All point. I can very say is that question, but people have found life in <laughs> deep ocean by thermal vents. Right. They don't have eyes. Mm. But they are consuming energy from this sulfur and other high heat coming out, spewing out in very deep ocean, no light, and they are found out. And the ener- the biological cells are getting energy from there, not the photosynthesis and other form of energy that we experience here. Sure. sure so life sure. in very other form without oxygen is possible, but without water, we have not found yet. Well, you know, uh, I just say- want to add, it's not possible. It does exist. I mean, I was referring to the bacteria, Halobacterium selenarium. It thrives in very high salt concentration, as high as 10 molar, mm-hmm. and in the absence of complete oxygen. There is no oxygen. So, completely anaerobic. 
salt concentration it thrives but there still is water there is water and light climate. is needed that's what i yes. said light is necessary yes so the way we understand life today on earth perhaps i mean i agree with you that light is necessary essential whether electromagnetic radiation rest of the electromagnetic radiation can sustain life and can provide some form of energy of course as a scientist i will never say no so if there is likely there's another planet where there's a bunch of life forms find it operating out, uh, at a different wavelength wavelength right, or something very, like that so you say it's probable. Probable. It's probable. probable look at this probable. way the carbon has four bond silicon also has four bond it's possible that, that there's silicon based life silicon based somewhere life else. somewhere else sure one can guess okay <laughs> sure. but we don't know you know we don't know it yeah. sure uh, we'll end with you drove uh, you think and i've asked this to you a while ago that this will remain an open question forever the nature of light question let's I forget know, light i i have no i have no uh, no final answer to that whether it it will be open forever i mean there will be I'm, I suppose there will be reformulation. See, I mean, there's a co-evolution of theory and technology always, always. Right. All right. And the question of radiation might not have come up, but for the developments in technology in the 19th century, and you know, the way, you know, following developments in thermodynamics, following development, the work of Faraday and others in electromagnetism. So there's a co-evolution then, both of the of our technologies and of our sciences and it's likely that in the future too uh, theory and technology will together throw new light and it's not that theory and technology can be separated and if you were to characterize and i know it's an open question and just throwing it at you uh, you mentioned a while ago that there are some physical theories on which there is closure yeah but even yeah you know and even so is the there something which i mean so they are less complex phenomena which which no, maybe for which some we have the, adequate technology you know maybe in the light of older theory some of i mean in the light of new theory some of the older theories themselves will probably come in for some revisioning all right so i mean on which we think there is closure we might i mean we it's happened before we have any number of cases where the know, case may be reopened yeah the case could be reopened i mean that's <laughs> the i mean i think there's a point in chandra is also making that you know nothing is I mean nothing is I don't close. see closure. Yeah, no closure. We will be permanently challenged by nature. Not only that, you know, the shelf life of any statement in today's science is yeah, not much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, think I nice, love this I yeah. love this I love this uh, this statement from a philosopher of physics called Wolfgang Jorgrau mm-hmm. who says uh, the the history of science is a graveyard of discredited theories. <laughs> So if you look back at the history of science all you have is a graveyard of theories which has been So Dhruvia job is literally visiting graveyards every day. Yeah, yeah, I I would say that but <laughs> Thank you I think I'm sure a... he enjoys that. <laughs> but our knowledge always rides on the based on that earlier theory whether we reject or not. Right. We ride on their shoulders. And, and even no, theories worth No, I won't take the you know I won't take the you know I, I don't take the relativist view that you know these are just all so many different perspectives. Right. That you know alhazen from what we knew about light at the time of alhazen is is well on the same level as to what we know today i think we have deeper and deeper understanding sure. but we go back to older theories and we then reinterpret them 
in really uh, understand them. Yeah, you know. So, so that is how science evolves, and that's the right thing to do. Thank you. I think that's a good note to end this on. Thanks to all of you for making it, and we look forward to having you soon again. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much, and thank it's you a pleasure to be you. here. Thank you. Thank you.